to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to episode 28 of the Life Lessons podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing wonderful, Jen. Anything new going on with you? No, not really. Well, we are in the middle of our backyard remodel. Yes. And my house is so dirty (laughs) because we have mud, just mud everywhere. So we're bringing in like mud on our shoes and mud all the time. And so I just live in mud. And then it comes inside on your shoes, and it's just dirt. Yep. My house is dirty. But they roofed the screen porch, and so it's no longer leaking into my house. <laughs> oh, well, that that's one nice. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While they were adding a new roof to the screen porch on, you know, and they were kind of like, what's the word, tying it into the uh-huh. existing roof of the house. And so when they were in the middle of doing that, while we were actually at Myrtle Beach, we had a big, big storm and it rained into the house. Chad was not happy and he called me and he was like, this is terrible. It's, nothing was ruined. It's all fine. That's good. <laughs> but he was freaking out and I wasn't here to be calm. I'm the one who's calm. Yes. But everything is hard, Sherry. Like, for example, we're doing, a, we were going to do, did I tell you we we're going to do a little pavilion roofed area so we could have shade by the pool? Yes. Uh-huh. We're not doing that anymore. I realized once I saw the screen porch, framing that would be too much structure in the backyard so we're not doing that we're like nope canceled that so instead we're going to add a little deck where the old deck was we actually the screen porch gives us a lot more shade in the backyard uh-huh because the now it's a structure so we're going to have shade somewhere in that yard most of the day because of the trees and the, the way the house is like a u-shape kind of around it the house itself provides the shade so we're just going to get a couple of umbrellas but we're trying to find decking because we, we want to get treks, you know, something like that that's not going to rot. You can't find it. Pandemic. Yeah. So the, they're like, well, the color you like isn't available. Here's this horrible color that they have. Do you want that? <laughs> We're like, no. The one that nobody wants. <laughs> no, we don't want that one either. <laughs> So we're trying to figure out what to do. But we had this tiny little pool that we put in that's fiberglass and we took out this giant pool that you you had, you know, it was going to cost more to fix it than than to replace it. Replace it honestly because it was it was from the 80s and it was huge. It was like the demo guy was like this is the biggest pool ever. But when they brought the new pool, which is really a dunk pool, the guy was like this is the smallest pool I've ever delivered. <laughs> Well, I can't wait anyway, to see it when it's all done. It's hard. You know, just furniture is hard. Like we went to this furniture store to look at, you know, you saw I got some new Adirondack chairs for the mm-hmm. front yard to sit in because I need to sit somewhere. I can't sit in the mud. So I'm sitting in the front yard now. People walk by. I'm like, hi, I'm in the yard. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> but the guy's like, well, if you want furniture for your screen porch, you better just get what we have on the floor. Yeah. Because we're not getting anything new unless you want it in November. We're like, are you kidding? So we're like, all right, this is the best thing on the floor. And they're storing it in the warehouse for us. Well, my friend's daughter bought a whole new bedroom set like over two months ago. And she's 23 and she didn't want her Disney set she had that her grandma bought her when she was younger. And um, she ordered a set just like from Ashley Furniture or whatever in March. Right. And they keep like they told her she was going to have it in like three weeks and it never came. And then that three weeks got bumped to three more weeks. And now it's going to be like June before she gets her furniture. Maybe. Right. You know, that happened with our pool. They sent the wrong one because we got a fiberglass pool and they had to deliver it. So they put it on a truck and drove it down from Tennessee, but it took months and months and months later than they said it would because they couldn't get the coating for it and they couldn't apply it. So then it finally got here and they put it in the ground and I'm like, this is not the color that I ordered. (laughs) And the guy's like, well, we can take it back. And I'm like, no, 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 don't take it back. Let me think about it. So I was like, I surprisingly, I love this color. Anyway. Oh, so you kept the the wrong one. We kept the wrong one. I didn't hear that story. 
yeah, we kept the wrong one because I mean, I mean, I don't want to wait another six right. months. But I right. also don't ha- don't hate the one that came. I mean, well, that's you know, good. It is good. It's going to be a lighter good. color, but anyway. Well, <sighs> a couple of weeks ago we talked about self care, and some of the listeners, you know, ideas on self care really opened my my mind up to what self care could be. Right. And I have treated myself to a lawn crew this summer. That's my act of self-care. So I don't have to worry about my lawn. It's been really nice. They've come twice and um, they just take care of my yard. That's not something I have to stress out about. And it's really actually very inexpensive. My lawnmower is three years old. It's a rider. It needs, it's got a flat tire and it needs the oil chains. It needs new blade. And by the time I was going to pay somebody to like get it functional, I will only have spent a little bit more than that for somebody on the lawn care. Yes. For the season. That's great. That really is. That's great. So, you know, don't don't do something that you really don't have time to do. Outsource it. And it might not be as expensive as you think. That's good. So each week we start our show with our good news segment. And today we have a customer service shout out from Joanne in New Jersey. She says, I buy my CBD oil from Fields. This may not seem like a big deal, but it was exceptional customer service to me. I hate Mother's Day advertising. Since my mom died, it's been very painful for me. I don't have kids by choice, but it does add to my Mother's Day advertising stress. I was very close to my godmother, and she has also passed. I hate that every person working at retail feels that it's appropriate to yell Happy Mother's Day at you all the time this time of year without knowing a thing about you. To me, it feels offensive. Feel sent me an email saying that as a company promoting self-care and empathy, they understand that Mother's Day and Father's Day emails can be challenging, and they gave me an option to opt out of receiving those emails. I feel this was exceptional customer service for me. I already loved Feels, but this has elevated them even more. That's great to hear. Yeah. Because she's right. You know, I was, Chad and I were out doing some things on Mother's Day, looking at you, doing some shopping, and everywhere we went, people yelled, "Mother, Happy Mother's Day to me, and I'm like... What if I'm not a mother? What if I what? lost my child? What if, I mean, I was like, I, I might not want you to yell that to me. So I know everyone means well. That's the part that's hard. People mean well when they're telling you Happy Mother's mm-hmm. Day. But but it doesn't always feel good. Exactly. So that's great customer service. I love that you got to opt out. Because people that are mothers want might want to hear it. So not everybody doesn't want it. Uh-huh. So... Well, that's really good. So listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. Before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And I'm going to talk about Beauty Counter again. Why? Because I love it. And it's a no brainer for me. I try to reduce my toxic load. And this is a really simple way to do it. I don't have to think about it twice. I just order it and use it. I'm really loving two products right now. I've suffered with some discoloration on my face for years now. I was a lifeguard. I spent my summers out you know, at the lake, water skiing and stuff as a kid. And I was allergic to sunscreen for years. So I wasn't able to use it. And it was really showing up on my face in my 40s. I've been using the Counter Plus Overnight Resurfacing Peel. I use it every other night in place of my regular serum. And not only does it make my skin super smooth, it also makes my pores appear smaller. I've also been using it. I don't know that it's recommended for this, but I'm using it. I'm doing a a little um, experiment. Study of one. Yes, on my tattoos, because they were a little dull looking and the color wasn't bright. And I thought, well, you know, if this will resurface my face skin, I want everyone to slough off the dead skin on my tattoos and make them appear brighter. And I do think it's working. I've only been doing it for about 10 days now. I took a picture to start. We'll take a picture in a couple weeks to see if I can tell a difference. And then I also have been using the Counter Plus All Bright C Serum. I use it every morning before applying my moisturizer. And I feel like the combination has really helped, you know, fade any remaining discoloration that was on my skin. And it just makes my face look like bright and luminous. If you want to learn more, you can visit lifelessonscommunity.com forward slash beauty counter or go to beautycounter.com forward slash Sherry Bullock. And now it is time to talk about our life lesson of the week. And this week, we're going to talk about summertime tips for parents. That's a good one. As you can tell, Jen and I have moved into summertime mode. Last week, we talked about 
vacation gems. And uh, this week we're going to talk about how parents can get through the summertime while keeping their kids um, occupied. A listener yeah. wrote to us asking us. You know, I was going to say, I-, I was doing a lot of thought thinking about this myself. And, you know, kids have been home more than ever before with through the pandemic. But now they don't have, you know, they might have been home all this time. Now they're home and they don't have school because it's summer. Right. So it's it's like a whole different weird transition than ever before. Uh-huh. Yeah. So a listener wrote to us and she asked us to explore this topic. She's an educator and a mother. And she's a big proponent of keeping kids busy during the summer, keeping them on a schedule, keeping them learning. Personally, my kids are grown. My, my kids are 21 and 29 and 18. I do have a stepdaughter who's eight, uh, but she stays pretty busy. But I kind of had the exact opposite idea during the summertime. To me, summer was downtime. It was like time to de-stress, play, socialize, go outside, get sunshine, have adventures. Um, There were no pressure, no time schedules, no demands that need to be met. Neither one of my kids really enjoyed school. And so as a mom, it was a constant battle to keep my kids motivated all year and to perform. Um, I spent lots of time at the school just trying to figure out how to get my kids engaged and enjoying their time there and working to their potential. So not only was school stressful for them, it was stressful for me as a mom. Both of my kids are super bright kids. One was in the talented and gifted or the gifted and talented program, like starting in third grade, but they just didn't like school and they were chronically bored. So from a mom perspective, when it was summertime, I was like, school's out. Yay. Freedom. So like, I I don't know. It never crossed my mind to give my kids schoolwork during the summertime. We were busy just exploring. We were scouting, camping, kayaking, river rafting. We would go to the neighbors and barbecue and the kids would play outside well after dark. I mean, I remember one friend's house, they had a hill on the side of their house and they would put one of those, what are those slip slip and slide? Are they slip and slides that well, you put on yeah. the, with the water? Oh my gosh. They, they'd be out there well after dark sliding down that hill and we'd be sitting on the deck and, uh, you know, we wouldn't go home until midnight some nights and we just played all summer long. And then a couple weeks before school started, we would kind of dial that back and get Start getting a little bit more into a routine and going to bed at a, you know, an earlier time and getting up at an earlier time. But that's how we did summers. And, and I, I feel like my kids were learning. They were learning how to build a campfire and they were exploring on the edge of the lake and getting fossils and learning how to kayak. And so what what did you, what did you do with your kids? Well, you know, I had... Very similar kind of a thing to the point that I also, I need downtime as, you know, I was a teacher so that we had the same schedule. So they were home with with me in the summer and I needed to relax. I didn't want to have to go, 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 go as a mom. And so we, you know, we did have sometimes we needed to get out of the house and do some things. And if there was like a really fun camp that they wanted to do, I would sign them up for it, like a day camp kind of a thing. So like at the local art museum, there might have an activity camp that they would they would enjoy being a part of. But you know, let them decide. I didn't just sign them up for things and ship them off to them. You know, it was something we did together. We always joined the zoo, and we would go to the zoo frequently. Like maybe you know a couple times a month, we would go, and it was a good good thing to do during the summer. And during the day, though, you know, we just had. I always would let them do activities like arts and craftsy kind of things like I would take them to you know a store that had a lot of arts and crafts types of materials and be like all right what do y'all want to do and they like to build things and make things and do things and Cal was always creating things and building stuff out of paper and glue and were your boys into Legos Cal was he he was into Legos Will just like to go outside and climb things and you know always always doing something like that you know, we had to keep the ladders away from the house or he'd be up on the roof. <laughs> I remember one time he was up on the roof and I'm like, Will, I have told you and told you not to get on the roof. And he looked at me serious as he could be. And he said, but you haven't told me today. Oh, my gosh. He wasn't being sassy. <laughs> he wasn't kidding. You hadn't told me today. Yeah, that was yesterday, Mom. That, that was, yeah. So a new day. <laughs> he was climbing a tree. He was, you know, doing stuff like that. Whereas Cal also really was into computers. So he would build, you know, Minecraft things. Uh-huh. And he was one of the first people doing Minecraft before anyone was doing it, you know, because he's 
You know, how old is he now? 20, he's 23 now. And so he was an early Minecraft adopter. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they kept themselves busy, basically, is what I'm saying. I did not schedule the day. Parker, my 21-year-old, he was into, he was always been into watching YouTube videos. And he would learn so much watching YouTube videos. And he was always into that TV show, like, How's It Made or something. Oh, I loved that show. Like, that was his favorite thing. Would he make videos? Oh, yes. So he was making videos, and then he got into those stop-motion videos. Oh, Cal did that. And with little Lego characters. He loved the stop-motion animation. Cal made those as well, with Lego characters. Loved it. And Will and his friends would make videos. There were three of them. They all all were named. Their first name was William, although Will was the only one who went by Will. They went by their middle name. But they were the Wills, and they did these videos that were funny. So they would go all around the neighborhood and make funny videos. And they probably did a lot of dangerous things. (laughs) shouldn't have been letting them do but no we didn't schedule anything i can remember saying you have to put on pants you can't just be in your underwear all day (laughs) because they would just sit around in their underwear unless someone was coming over oh yeah i'm like come on clothes (laughs) so we were not a very scheduled family yeah well you know me i rebel against the schedule as an adult so yeah my daughter was a big reader so she was always reading or she had cheerleading camp or whatever. So, I mean, we did, we stayed busy. I don't I mean, like, I do remember my kids a few times saying I'm bored, in which case I'd be like, well, do you want to go to the pool? Do you want to take a hike? Do you know? And we would go do something. If they were bored, it's me- it usually meant they had excess energy to, to, to run off or burn up. We also, we did join a pool every summer. We always, like, sometimes it would be the Y. We would join and go to the Y and they would swim. But I would sit and read and they're just running around and you're having fun. So that was a good activity. But no, we were not like, all right, now it's time for an activity, like, you know, a lesson. No, we didn't do anything like that. But I did always have lots of books around. Uh Uh-huh. Well, when I questioned our community members whether or not they scheduled their kids' summers or they were more free flow, I received mixed responses. Some members felt like boredom is what drives creativity in kids and said as much. And others were fans of continuing the structure of the school year into the summer and even did summer learning activities. So... I went to the experts to see what their thoughts were. And lots of experts are in favor of undirected free time. So I want to pipe in as a, as a retired teacher and just say, I think it really might depend on your kids in some ways. For example, if you have a child who is struggling in school and below grade level or struggling to keep up, they really can lose a lot of learning that is something that was addressed Over the by one of these experts. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you've if you got a child who every summer they lose the learning, then you may want to schedule in some structured time, have them read to you. Don't make it feel like they're at school, though. Like I would have them, you know, like, all right, let's have some reading time and I'll read to you and you read to me. Like the worst thing you could do for a kid like that is say, now I'm going to time you and you're going to read for 25 minutes. That would not be fun. Instead, cozy up with them somewhere. You know, and, and say, all right, you're going to read to me and I'm going to read to you and make it a bonding activity where it doesn't feel like homework or schoolwork, you know, and and you can find things, pull the creativity in and and have it be fun. Like, you know, I remember I bought these blank book kits and I had them. I'm like, all right, y'all want to make write some books? And they had so much fun. They're writing, but it didn't feel like they were doing work. So they were still getting to use their skills, but they were enjoying it. And it was open-ended kind of educational play. And, you know, for me as, as the teacher, that's what I would recommend. You know, I might not have had structured time with my kids, but I had a lot of things that they could do that were keeping that brain engaged. They weren't just lying on the couch in their underwear watching SpongeBob. Right. <laughs> so, you know, yes, turn off the TV. Maybe not the whole summer, but some of the time. So, you know, we we found some research. Um, Katie Davis, in an interview with Romper Magazine, um, she's a Manhattan-based clinical psychologist and a neuroscience researcher from Johns Hopkins. Um, she said that she believes free time is a critical component of childhood, and I would agree. Here's a direct quote from her. She says, free time allows children to participate in activities that have no clear structure or rules. 
And so it's critical for social, emotional, and cognitive development. During free time, children use parts of the brain that are required for imagination, introspection, and daydreaming. They develop important social skills like communication, flexibility, cooperation, negotiation, and taking turns. They try out new activities and roles, which fosters creativity. They also learn to manage conflict, which helps to reduce anxiety and stress. And I think that is so key because our kids are overstructured to the point that it's crazy. I mean, I, I it really hit me that it was... I don't know if it was my last year teaching or the year before that. I think it was my last year teaching, so 2018. I, I had my fifth graders one day, and I wanted to have like a showcase for they they could show their parents the projects we've been working on. So I'm like, all right, we're going to have a showcase, and let's have it one night. Kid, you, know, you can bring your family to the school at like 7 p.m., and we'll have it all set up, and you'll show them around and show them what, what you created and like, you know, like a like a ex you know a expo or something of our projects, and like let's sit around and talk about what night we could do it. So these were fifth graders, and I'm like, what about Monday? Is Monday? They're like, well, no, I've got travel softball, and we all have to go to that. And then what about Tuesday? Well, Tuesday is dance travel dance team. Every night of the week, Sherry, these kids had mandatory activities that they could not get out of. And spring is a really, you know, important busy time for a lot of these activities. Not one night was unscheduled. So we just had to schedule during the school day and like, well, I hope your parents can get off work and drop in and they did and a lot of them came and it was still great, but that just really made me sad. So in the summer, they need this time to be to have some unstructured time. And when I read that quote, the thing that I really like kind of started thinking about is even I think about the school setting and they're talking about the ability to learn to manage conflict. So in the school setting, if kid two kids are going at it because they're having a disagreement, the teacher doesn't have time for that. Oh, and we also the would never like we can't even allow it because then we get in so much, you know. Right. Yeah. You're like, knock it off. You two separate. Da, 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 right. So they don't have to learn how to manage conflict and talk it out and, you know, come to an agreement or a solution or whatever. And I, I think about my son when he would be running around playing with his friends in the summertime and he'd come in the house and he'd be like, Will, da, 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 da. He had a friend named Will. And, uh, <laughs> I would be like, I no, this isn't my problem. You two work it out or Will's going to go home. Exactly. And they would work it out. Right. So if kids don't get that time, then, you know, what happens then? Then they're out of high school and they're at work and they have a disagreement with a coworker and they don't know how to handle that. It's true. Yeah. So we're not doing our kids a service at all to have them be overly scheduled every single minute during the school year and then again during the summer. Right. Yeah. So research from the Department of Psychology and Neuroscience at University of Colorado researched how free play and structured play affect children. And what they learned is that children who spent more time in unstructured activities had better executive functioning. That is to say that they were better at making decisions, solving problems, and completing goals. While those with more structure had worse self-directed executive functioning. So the kids with more free time who are allowed to free flow, so to speak, they became more self-directed because they had a chance to learn how to be. That's absolutely true. I would definitely suggest that. And schools are so much more structured these days. You know, I started teaching in 1990, and we used to have a lot more flexibility and you know, time for the kids to manage their their time in the classroom, like centers and, uh-huh. you know, the free play, like kindergarten had sand tables and play kitchens and everything. And I mean, I wasn't a kindergarten teacher, but that's what they had. Well, over the course of my 28 years as a teacher, by the time I left, kindergarten did not have sand tables and play tables and play kitchens. Those all had been moved out and they sat at desks and tables and did pencil paperwork all day. Teachers weren't even allowed to do like a you know, a Valentine's Day craft, because the the theory was, well, what standards are they addressing? And it had to be academic. Every moment had to be spent on something that was academic. And it just broke my heart as, as a teacher who understands, you know, I have a doctorate in gifted education. These kids need to have that time. 
So um, Dr. Wass, a Cambridge psychologist, says that unstructured free playtime is vital for creativity and imagination. And, of course, Sherry, when they started changing the kindergarten program, the kindergarten teachers all just were like, no, we, we, we just can't. But, you know, you can't fight back when the educational system says you have to do it. And so, you know, they had learned all about childhood development. And the pl- play is the work of childhood. Yes, but it all, really is. Yeah, all the, you know, the, the state or the federal, all they care about is, but what are your test scores? And what, you know, how are you showing academic gains? And I'm like, we don't need kindergartners to <laughs> take all these, you know, that's just ridiculous. Anyway, that's my teacher soapbox right there. But <laughs> all of those, those kindergarten teachers were aghast at what the children were being asked to do because it was not developmentally appropriate. I mean, it's not if you study child development. Anyway, so this this unstructured free play is vital for creativity and imagination. And Dr. Wass says not to be afraid to let your child complain of boredom. You know, you are not their cruise director. Encourage them to figure out what they're interested in. Let them play and explore. And, you know, he goes on to say that many people are trying to reduce screen time But the idea might actually be share some screen time with your kids. Learn together, watch something together, a funny movie, play a new game together. Spend the time with your child. So, you know, we live in a busy and demanding world. We have a lot of pressure put on these kids to excel. But free time lets them create their own joy and happiness. And I really cannot speak enough about how important it is and letting them do things that are hands-on and guided and directed by them so like when i would take them to buy craft stuff i didn't buy like a craft kit i just bought like materials right or even if it was a craft kit it was an open-ended craft kit kind of a thing Uh uh-huh you know not just like step one step two step three they weren't following an instruction booklet they were having to come up with the plan in their head and execute even with legos you know i don't want to say they ruined legos when they made them all be kits right but you know, after Cal built the pirate ship, we took it apart and threw all the pieces in the bucket with all the other pieces. That's what we did. Yeah, because you want to build something creatively, not just like now snap part A on part B. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Throw part B away and start again. You know, anyway. Plus, we probably lost part B anyway. <laughs> Kate Bono, a psychologist and researcher, says that summer should be fun, free from stress, and social. During the summertime, focus on renewing strong relationships with family members and friends. Having strong relationships protects children from stress, which is critical for healthy brain development. She encourages kids to get plenty of outside play so that they can work on problem solving and learn healthy social interactions. Spend time exploring with your kids, the outdoors, a hike in the woods, on the beach, and age-appropriate museums. She is a proponent of having some structure, but really advocates knowing your child. Some kids thrive with less structure while others need a bit more. While some academic time, especially if they have a deficit in some area, such as math or reading, is advisable, she warns to keep it to one to two hours per day at the very most during the summer. She feels that the most important thing for kids to have during the summer is strong relationships, a break from academics, and parents and caregivers who practice self-compassion. Absolutely. I mean, like you might want to have a structure to the point of, by 10 a.m., you will have on pants. I mean, right. you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, have a, a family meal time. Like uh-huh. every night we're going to sit down and have dinner together. Right. You know, but that that's all the structure, you know, or like and then after dinner, we're going to do something together. And maybe, you know, games can be great ways to sneaky practice math and reading because uh-huh. you're rolling the dice. You're playing a card game. So even cooking. Yep. A lot of those activities, playing games that have math and reading embedded, your kid doesn't even know that they're practicing those skills. Right. But right. bring back those games. Yeah. I mean, even teaching your kid to learn uh, build a campfire, that's a learning yeah. experience. But There's do a- the things with them. Right. So we asked our community how they handle summers and what their best tips are. So the questions we posed were, what strategies do you use to prevent summertime boredom? And of course, a little boredom is a good thing, but 
(laughs) How do you keep kids engaged in fun learning activities over the summer? How do you encourage your kids to get outside and play while minimizing screen time? What are your best tips for helping to maintain some sort of a routine for your kids during the summer months? And so now we're going to share some listener strategies and tips. So Debbie says, I'm a parent of seven here. We relaxed learning during the summer, but come August 1st every year, we started the hot August readathon to get them back in learning mode before school resumed. Based on age and abilities, there were daily reading goals and sometimes surprise rewards. First one finished for the day, etc. We did not require participation, but there was a monetary reward at the end of the month based on the number of days they read, how long they read each day, etc. They are all adults now, but they speak fondly of this tradition, and most are readers. I love that. Tracy from Arkansas says, I'm an educator, and for many years of my son's life, we had the same schedule. Although I don't like the term bored, I know some kids become restless in the summer. I think much of that feeling comes from the lack of structure. Parents need to strike a happy balance of structure and freedom. As my son got older, first grade or so, we sat down at the beginning of the summer and discussed our plans. What days were library days, swimming days, day camp, vacation Bible school, vacation? What days were we going to just do nothing and chill out? I think when you have a schedule for structured and unstructured time, kids are less likely to be restless. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's very similar. You know, we had the the balance in there, too. We had things coming up. We did have, you know, they would go to Bible school, and that's really big around here. Is that big where you live? Kids going to vacation Vacation Bible Bible school? school? Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah. But yeah, and and have the days like that. When were we going to go to the 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 pool? Uh-huh. Whatever we were going to at the time. When did we want to go to the zoo? So we had a big dry erase board in our dining room, which sounds crazy, but it hung on the dining room wall. And when we were having dinner, we would sit and we would look at the week's schedule, and we would write up there like what had to be done and what did we want to do. And then we would like look at the weather and see what the weather was going to be that week. And we would go ahead and plot in like, okay, well we're going to go to the pool these days. We're going to run errands these days because it's supposed to be rainy. And then they kind of could, because my son would wake up in the morning. He'd be like, what are we going to do today? And so then I could be like, well, look at the dry waste board. What do we have planned for today? I think that's great, too. Some kids do really well just kind of having that loose kind of knowing what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Yep. That's helpful. Pam from DFW. That's Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, for anybody who doesn't know. When my kids were young and off school for summer, I also took care of my niece. I took to printing them a schedule each day. It wasn't limiting or rigid, but it gave all of us a broad idea of what the day would bring. We factored in times for the pool, cleanup, lunch, quiet time, exercise, a surprise field trip, etc. Everyone felt their wants and needs were addressed, and since they'd all read the schedule first thing in the morning, there was zero whining about what was next, and they loved it. That's great. I think that is really just the key. You know, we've got schedule-ish that are not rigid. Right. You know, we don't want to be rigidly locked into, okay, it's 8.04, yeah. time for you to read for 27 minutes. Like our summer was loosely based around noon because that's what time the pool <laughs> yeah. opened. Yeah. <laughs> and you wanted to be there first, so you got the good chairs. I so, understand So that. you had to eat at a certain time so that you could get to the pool by a certain time, so... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So Brenda says, I have a large family and we homeschool. So I guess we do things differently. But here are two things that I have done over the years that makes life easier for us. I don't like whining about a lack of things to do. We have hundreds of fun things to do here. So if a child says I'm bored, that means that they get a chore to do. It's usually pulling weeds. I bet they learn not to say that. Sherry, what do you think? (laughs) I've told you before, that was my mom's thing. She was like, if oh, you you're can't bored. find something right. to do, I'll find something for you. And you were like, there you go. running for oh, the door. I think I found something. <laughs> I don't think my children ever came up to me and said they were bored, really. I'm trying to remember. that they were just, I, I had to like watch to see what they were doing because they were doing something I needed to see what it was. <laughs> Parker was a bored kid a lot, but he needs constant stimulation. Yeah. Mine my- would get bored at school. Well, see, that was my son's That was different. But they never came up to me at home and said they were bored. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, please be boring just for a little bit. (laughs) They wore me out anyway. I love my children. If Parker told me he was bored, he really wanted me to, 
he really wanted my attention is that really what sense. it comes down to. I think you're right. That's right. But anyway, Brenda says, I try to assign them a chore at the first mention of those two words. They rarely say it twice in a summer. In fact, I overheard one of my older boys tell a friend <laughs> not to ever say those two <laughs> words in front of me. I love it, Brenda. Second, I try to provide a lot of practical things for them to do. They might get a day where they are responsible for planning the meal or a dessert and then help prepare it, etc. Summer really is a fun time to do some project-based learning. And again, preparing a meal is project-based learning. Planning the recipe, helping you shop, that's all real-world project-based learning. So Lori says things that worked for my kids were to go to the library regularly, take bike rides, walks, playing basketball, croquet, jumping rope, having a movie with treats. That reminds me, did you guys have summer movies? Like where you would go and like special summer movies? I don't yeah. think so. Okay. We did that as kids a lot. Would they now, take, I would take the boys to the movies the, a lot. You would buy the summer movie pass. and We did when they were little. Like when I was a kid, no. But when the boys were little, yes. We did have that. Like every Wednesday they would uh-huh. have. And it was such a, a great, cool place to go. Because I mean, like it was cool. Right. So it's like 100 <laughs> degrees here. And so we could go sit in the movie theater. Yes. We did do that. I did do that with the boys. Yeah, I forgot about that until I just read that. So yeah. she says, a movie with treats, shopping, park, swimming, basketball. And we play board games and also plant flowers or vegetables and go visit family together. That's which good. Summer is a great time to go visit family. Oh, yeah, it really is. Liz says, I always had my boys do the library summer reading program starting in kindergarten. It was a great way for them to discover new favorites. As scouts, they did one to two weeks of camps, full day camps for the younger kids, sleep away for the older ones, swim lessons twice each week, and plenty of play dates with friends. I want to say something about those reading programs, just as a caveat and to be careful about. We can actually extinguish the love of reading by pushing it in the wrong way. And I saw that as a teacher, you know, when my boys came through our elementary school, we had a very structured reading program that our principal was a big fan of. And you had to earn points and you had to set goals and you had to read within a certain level. And it was like you had, and it counted as a grade. And so Avery has that now as a second grader. My son, Cal, the older one, who loved to read to the point that when he was in kindergarten, he knew when Magic Treehouse books were coming out, he knew. And we had to be at the bookstore the day the next one was coming out. I don't know how he knew. But he loved to read so much. After going through this highly structured program that forced them into goals and reading, he did not read for pleasure for a long time. As soon right. as that prog- as, as soon as he left elementary school, he's like, okay, well, I'm done with reading now because I don't have to do it anymore. Right. Reading had been turned into a chore. So parents of young kids, do not let reading turn into a chore. That is the absolute worst thing we can do. And, you know, the research on rewards is very clear. When we over-reward an activity, it extinguishes the behavior as soon as the reward is removed. So the reward was you had to earn all these points and get the grade and you had like, oh, you met your goal. Here's an ice cream. As soon as that reward was removed at the end of elementary school, that activity was no longer worth doing. And so let them read for the sake of reading and not for, you know, an artificial reward. Anyway, I, I just watched it in my own kids. I watched Cal turn from someone who loved to read to someone who it was just like the research said. He's like, all right, done with that. So I'm not saying don't do the summer reading program. I'm not saying not to. But I'm saying if your child hates it, listen and find a way to incorporate reading in a way, like I said, sit with them, read together. Let them read to you. You read to them. Make it a time where you're bonding and you love it. Because if you're having to fight it, you're actually making them not like it. Uh Uh-huh. And there's so many ways that they can get reading in, like at the petting Mm -hmm. zoo and at a museum and have them read the plaques to you or that sort of thing. Exactly. Des from Texas wrote, I do not plan all of the kids' summer days. I just plan some activities here and there and, of course, some full-day activities. We do a lot of unstructured play where I just set them loose outside and they figure it out. To help encourage them to continue learning, she says our 8-year-old loves to read and the 5-year-old loves to be read too, which is very convenient. We choose exciting books that are above the 8-year-old's reading level to read to her at bedtime so that she doesn't miss out on that. 
Can I put in a little tip for this mm-hmm. that my mother did for me? And I, I swear, I don't know if it's because she was lazy or just moved on, but or if it was her her plan. But she would start reading me something that was slightly above my level. She would get me hooked, and then she would quit reading it. Oh, so that you were forced to figure I out I had to what read it happened. myself. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, I was reading like, you know, Charles Dickens <laughs> because she had read me just enough that I'm like, well, I got to know what's happening next. So anyway, remember that strategy, parents. Right. Get them hooked and then walk away. She says, they also help me bake and choose meals for the week. If either kid shows any interest in a particular subject, we find more information, books, videos, etc. If it's something we can attempt ourselves, like art or a simple science experiment, then we do it. It is very much a child-led environment. As far as limiting screen time, I don't allow cartoons past 9 a.m. After that, if it's nice out, I kick them outside. We have a trampoline, lots of swings, outdoor toys and balls, bikes and scooters. We attached a sprinkler to the side of the trampoline, which makes it extra fun. They both have a Kindle Fire, and we have Free Time Unlimited. That's a, that's a program. It's not free time forever. Oh, I see. The name of the program is Free Time Unlimited where they can access books and some learning games. It's a more educational thing that Amazon offers. We can set the time aloud and learning goals. The Kindle literally turns off when the time is up and there is generally no complaining. We give them 30 to 45 minutes a day on that, but they don't always use it. You know, that's actually genius right there. That <laughs> Because that's something you want them to do, but you're limiting the time. So, <laughs> so it makes them want it more. They're like, what? I can't just I do didn't it. finish my book. Uh, <laughs> Uh, sometimes we will do a movie in the evening until bedtime I have no shame at all with having a day where we play Mario Kart for a couple hours or watch movies especially if the weather is bad we also recently got a karaoke machine which is super fun as far as a routine we let them stay up about 45 minutes later during the summer than during the summer the school year and since they don't have to wake up at a certain time we let them wake up on their own schedule If we have something going on in the evening, they do get to stay up much later, but that's generally only on the weekends and not usually more than one day in a row. Our youngest still takes naps, so I require them during the week, even in the summer. Sometimes he doesn't sleep and I can hear him playing or singing in his room, but I choose not to engage in this battle. Sometimes he falls asleep a little later and sometimes he just has some quiet rest time. Our daughter has her quiet time at the same time where she usually reads a book or plays in her room with some music. I need this time as much as they need it. Yeah, and absolutely. That's a good tip. That really uh, is a good tip. You don't have to actually nap, but we're going to have some quiet time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. All right, Larissa in North Carolina says, The past five summers, I've made a daily to-do list for my son. There are several chores on there, reading time, maybe journaling or some math exercises to keep his mind fresh. After the list has been taken care of for the day, he can do whatever he wants. He loves the structure and schedule and actually requests it each summer. It's not a major list, but it keeps him busy for a couple of hours each day. And see, this is a great example of knowing your child. He likes this. He, he wants it. He asks for it. So you really do have to know your kids. And, you know, what I said I did with Cal and Will might be the exact wrong thing to do with your kids. You know, every kid is different and needs a little something else. Yeah, and reading that actually just joggled a memory in my head. I used to get these workbooks at Costco, mm-hmm. and they were kind of like fun learning activity books, and they were age-specific. Right. And so there would be some math stuff in them, but it wasn't it wasn't like a math worksheet. And there was also like things you had to color and... Like the puzzle things, like where you would... Cal loved those. You know, like yeah. the addition where you mm-hmm. colored it yep. a certain yep. color. like, And so he would do stuff like that. Well, I would buy... Cal loved doing those. Will was not interested. So <laughs> Cal did them because he just loved to do stuff like that. But here's what's so funny, Sherry. I was going through some stuff, like cleaning out things. And I found Cal had actually turned one of them into like an activity book of his own. He like added on to it and like added pages in there. <laughs> He, like, made his own activity book, structured after this other one. It was hilarious and so cute. He is his mother's son. He really is. Like, that time he made the rubric for how to build mountains on the playground and passed it out to his classmates. (laughs) (laughs) And said, we're going to have a mountain building competition. And this is when he was in third grade. And you're going to use this rubric. And then we're going to have the teachers grade us and see who has the best mountain. And so, well, they did. Guess who had the best mountain? Cal, because he used the rubric, and, <laughs> and the other kids didn't. Then one kid got really mad and stomped on Cal's mountain. Oh, my gosh. 
Well, we like, have... just use the rubric. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> One last suggestion from Sandra in Rockport. And she says, get them up at a reasonable time. No one needs to sleep all day. It depends on the age, but usually up by nine at the latest and in bed by 10. Have set chores for them each day and then fun. So chores in the morning, fun after lunch. Have them make lunch some days and always have them clean up after. And her biggest advice is don't organize every day. Let fun be spontaneous. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's the key. You know, a loose organizational structure, but still let them have time to for free time. Let them entertain themselves and work out their issues. And teach them not to say, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast, and that's ButcherBox. ButcherBox is my go-to source for high-quality meat I can trust. Once you have a ButcherBox membership, you'll have access to incredible member deals, exclusive add-ons like extra ground beef or pulled pork, and pre-grilled free-range chicken breasts for those busy days when you need to throw together a quick meal. This will be a huge time saver for me. I use these a lot. They're great to just chop up and throw in a salad or over some cooked pasta. For ButcherBox, better means treating our planet with respect. It means caring about the lives of animals and livelihoods of farmers. And ultimately, it means better meals enjoyed together. ButcherBox is a certified B Corporation. Certified B Corporations are a new kind of business model that balances purpose and profit. They are legally required to consider the impact of their decisions on their workers, customers, suppliers, community, and the environment. This is a community of leaders driving a global movement of people using business as a force for good. For new members, ButcherBox always has a fantastic special offer, and we will always have the most current offer linked on the Shop With Us tab at lifelessonscommunity.com and in show notes. Next, we have a segment we call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's listener-led lesson comes from Debbie. Stretch Lab is a company that provides assisted stretching. Debbie says, I've had balance issues after recovering from COVID, plus typical muscle aches and pains in my low back, shoulder, hips, and legs from working on a computer and sitting in an office chair for most of my 40-year work life. The person I'm working with has an exercise physiology background and another has physical therapy assistant or aid backgrounds. Many are also personal trainers, so they have a lot of knowledge. After one 50-minute session, I was able to reduce my cane from daily to only for longer distances, and I'm able to get in and out of my car without pain and so much easier. She was very moved when I walked in without my cane for my next visit, and it shows me how much she really loves what she does. I do two small stretches at home to help my progress. I've signed up for four 25-minute sessions and go once a week. I'm sure I'll sign up for four more, and then I can move to group sessions, which are less expensive. It's the best money I've spent in a long time for my self-care and help. I highly recommend their services, and the staff are wonderful, caring people. If you're interested in learning more about how assisted stretching can help you and to see if there is a location in your area, visit stretchlab.com. So, Sherry, did you know anything about that? Had you heard of assisted stretching? I've heard about assisted stretching for a long time ago and my for a long time now. And I had a massage therapist that would help me with assisted stretching, and my chiropractor would do some assisted stretching. Oh, you know, my massage therapist does that. Uh huh. She does. She does the stretching. Yeah. And, and I always felt so awkward about it. Like I was terrible. Uh huh. Like because uh, you know she would stretch me, and then at the end of my last time when I was there, she said, "I love when you come because you do your your body. You're so healthy and you're so strong." And I'm like, "Wow, I thought it was hard. <laughs> it made me feel good because I always she felt doesn't like, feel like she's going to break you." <laughs> yeah. It made me it made me happy to hear. So yeah, no, I did not know that there was a company that was offering like right. sessions like that. So that's great. At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote comes from Sue Ryan Fung. The quote is, courage does not always roar. Sometimes courage is the quiet voice at the end of the day saying, I will try again tomorrow. And she credits Mary Ann Rodmacher with this quote. The first time I saw this quote, I was in a shop during a weekend away with my husband. My daughter has ASD and she was probably 10 or 11. Days were sometimes very hard as she had terrible meltdowns often several times a week. I am blessed to have an aunt who was not afraid to stay with her and my older daughter so that my husband and I could get away for a weekend a couple times a year. 
I saw this beautiful illumination of this quote, and I immediately burst into tears right in the shop. I felt like God was speaking directly to me. I realized I didn't have to win the battle against autism. I just had to get up every day and be her mom. She is 21 now and much more even-tempered with just an occasional upset. Now we turn our courage to trying to find her a job so her life can have a purpose. And when she applies and does not get the job, she says, oh, well, maybe next time. I think she too has learned to try again tomorrow. Jen and Sherry, thank you for this community and especially the podcast. I love learning new things every week. Oh, thank you, Sue. Sue, thank you. Sue, that was beautiful. And I love that. Sometimes courage is the quiet voice at the end of the day saying, I will try again tomorrow. You know, this brings me back to something. You know, our our episode today was about summer and the kids. And, you know, I'm going to admit there were days I lost my cool. How about you? And and I was not proud of the parenting that I did that day. And I knew that I, I could have been better. And I, I remember feeling like, gosh, I, I lost it. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the grown up here. And, you know, I, I remember just doing my best every single day. But you know what makes me feel really good? Even though we all have those days where we're not perfect. You know, I was a teacher. I knew how to be patient with kids. And sometimes I lost it with my own kids. But Will was here at some point this in this in within this past few months. And I remember talking to him like, you know, I want to apologize for, you know, all the – I wasn't always the best parent. I just did the best I could. He said, well, I just remember looking back. You were always very encouraging and told me I could do anything I wanted to do. And that's what I remember. I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> That's Thank good. you. You don't remember the the what is it, the mommy dearest moments? No <laughs> wire hangers. No, I didn't do that. But <laughs> we had wire hangers and still do. But you talking about that made just made me think of a a counseling session. I took my daughter to a counselor. She was probably oh gosh, I don't know, sixth or seventh grade, and at that prepubescent uh huh time where you're like, who is this child and where did they come from? <laughs> and why does, why does this child hate me so right? much? Why am I being punished? <laughs> I mean, I remember a time she would be so mad at me that she was like frothing at the mouth. And I'm like, right. what? What yeah. are we doing? And her counselor said to me, here's what parents forget or don't know. Our children train us. So she's like, when she gets you so angry that you want to say things that you would never really normally say. She said she has trained you to do that. She has trained you to be to to like react to her in that way so that when you part ways, she can be like, "Oh my gosh, my mom is so crazy. My mom." Yeah. And she said kids do it all the time. They train us how to react to them. So she said, "And when you react that way, she wins." Wow. And so she's like, don't let her win. She's like, part ways before it gets to that point. And so then I would use the, we'll we'll finish this discussion later. Why don't you go to your room and calm down? And Or if you have to, you well, go to your room. Right? Remove yourself. Say, I'm going to go to my room and have a exactly. time out. Take exactly. yourself away if and your that kid would, is. That would make her so much matter because oh, she didn't win. Fun. Right. She didn't win. Right. So, yeah. parents. So, but anyway, that. some days you are not going to win, parents. And don't beat yourself up over it because, you know, when they're 21 and they look back, they will say, oh, I just remember. Yeah, they remember the They the remember good the good. Yeah. They do. And I think all kids know that their parents are doing the best job they can. Yeah. But we all have those moments, especially over the long summer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what a fun episode today. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. Remember to join our Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through whatever podcast platform you use. And we would also love for you to leave a review. That really helps others find the podcast. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you or Do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye.